Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see
Up there we'll die no more. No coffins will be made up there. No graves on that bright shore. Is it great to be saved? I mean, think about this. We sung a song a while ago, Child of the King. And I want, you to, I want you to think about this. You may have missed these words. I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to read you something out of this. It says, Once I was clothed in the rags of my sin, wretched and poor, lost and lonely within. But with wondrous compassion, the King of all kings, in pity and love, took me under his wings. The second verse says, Now I'm a child with a heavenly home. My holy Father has made me his own, and I'm cleansed by his blood, and I'm clothed in his love. And someday I'll sing with the angels above. And then it says, Oh, yes, oh, yes, I'm a child of the King. His royal blood now flows in my veins. And I who was wretched and poor now can sing, praise God, praise God, I'm a child of the King. You think about this, saved by God's grace. Uh, think about where you are right now, this day, this moment. If you're saved by God's grace, you're a child of the King. You're a child of God. There's absolutely nothing can change that. There's absolutely nothing can change the fact if you're saved uh, that you're one of God's children. Nothing can change it. All the demons and devils of hell cannot change the fact uh, that you're a child of God if you've been born again. And man, I tell you what, it's great to be saved. And I don't worry about the mess. I know it's concerning I don't worry about all the mess and stuff that goes on uh, because I'm one of God's children, and that's, uh, that makes the difference. It really does. And I uh, appreciate you all this morning. appreciate you being in here uh, in God's house with us today. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to look in this Scripture this morning uh, for a, a few minutes and uh, just ask you to pray uh, as we look in. Uh, to the Word of God. And if I had a title to put on this, it'd be talking about salvation. You know, that's a good subject to talk about this morning. It's a good subject uh, to experience. When you think about salvation, think about being saved uh, by God's grace. And there's some things in the book of Ephesians. This is a tremendous, tremendous book. And we'll say some things about about some other scripture out of Ephesians, but I want us to read this morning in Ephesians chapter 1, and I want us to begin reading with verse number 3. And the Bible reads like this, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now grab that verse and think about that verse for a moment. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
Who hath blessed us? Think about this. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ? According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself, that in the, disp- in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him, and whom also we've obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in Christ, and whom ye also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. That's reading verses 3 through 14 of Ephesians chapter 1. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, for the plan of salvation. Thank You, God, for those of us that are in this building today that's been saved by Your grace. Thank You for those that are watching today and listening. God, that's been saved by Your grace. God, we just thank You and we could never praise You enough for what You've done in our lives. And God, we pray the Lord this morning for those that are in our midst, those that are watching or listening, that are not saved. God, I just pray that this will be their day, their hour, that You may speak to them and draw them to You, that they'll be born into the family of God. We thank You for this place, God, that we're gathered in. We thank You for every home and family that's represented here. And God, I pray that we would not keep uh, the gospel message inside these four walls. But God, as we go out, uh, Lord, into our communities, to our schools, uh, to our workplace, God, that we can carry the good news that Jesus saves. And God, we love You. Thank You for loving us now. Pray, God, that Your Holy Spirit have the right of way in each of our hearts today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You think about salvation. The word salvation is mentioned many times in the Old Testament. You can go back in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Psalms. 
and you can read concerning salvation. Old Testament, original language, salvation, the word salvation means safety. It means ease. There's a verse that I want to mention this morning out of the New Testament. And it's Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 3, which is a very, very familiar verse. But the Bible says this, says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him? The question is asked, it says, How shall we escape? if we neglect so great salvation. And that's New Testament. New Testament original language, the word salvation means this. It means safety. It means soundness in the New Testament. If you go back and you can jot these down, I'm going to read them to you, but if you can jot these down if you want to. But if you go back in Psalm 62... I'm going to read verses 1 and 2 and 5 through 8. It says this. David, in writing here, inspired the Holy Spirit of God, pins these words down. He said, Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From Him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Verse 5. My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Salah. And then if you go to Psalms 118 verse 14. It says, the Lord is my strength and song, and is become my salvation. Now when we think about it, I want us to think this morning for a little bit. You think about it, if you're here this morning, and you're saved by the grace of God, think about your salvation this morning. Think about the time that you got saved. You think about how your life is now because of that great salvation that God has provided through His Son, Jesus Christ. If you're saved this morning, you have something uh, to rejoice over. When we look into the Word of God in Ephesians chapter 1, I want to give you a few things out of this, and we're going to look especially at verse number 3 this morning. But I want us to look for just a moment at the first two verses in Ephesians chapter number 1. The Bible said here, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. 
He says to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. He says, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a greeting. The Apostle Paul, inspired of the Holy Spirit, penned these words down. Paul was the writer of this epistle or of this letter. Many think that this was one of the uh, uh, letters that he wrote while he was in prison uh, in Rome. The time period is somewhere around A.D. 64 uh, when these words were penned down by the Apostle Paul. Jot these Scriptures down. If you go back in the book of Acts, if you go in Acts, you'll find in, in Acts chapter number 18, we find that Paul is in Corinth. And he leaves Corinth and he goes to Ephesus. And he goes in to Ephesus and he goes into the synagogue. In Acts chapter 19, uh, verse number 18 and 20, it tells us the results uh, that he had there in Ephesus. They were many that believed on the Lord. They saw the miracles that were taking place and they saw all of these things and they heard the teaching uh, that He brought and the preaching of uh, the message that He brought. And there were many lives that were being changed there. And I want to tell you this, when God is doing a work, when God is, begins to move, I want to tell you what, Satan will stir up those that will oppose that work. Later on in the 19th chapter, uh, you'll find that, that there was a man, his name was Demetrius. And he was a silversmith. Now Ephesus was well known of, for worshiping the goddess Diana. And Demetrius and some of his cohorts, uh, they would make images uh, of Diana. And they sold those and that was their gain. And they begin to stir up the people because many of the people were turning away from uh, their goddess and, and their livelihood uh, was being threatened. And there was an uproar uh, that took place uh, as a result uh, of this there uh, in Ephesus. If you go to, to Acts chapter number 20, you'll find where that Paul would depart from, uh, from Ephesus. But later in that chapter, he would call for the elders. He would go back uh, in the area and he would call for the elders uh, to come to him. And he would, he loved those people. I mean, you can see his compassion. You can see his concern. Uh, you can see uh, his warnings uh, that he gave the church there at Ephesus or the elders uh, from the church there at Ephesus. And he told him, he said, you remember how that I came in when I came in among you? He said, I didn't hold anything back. He said, I delivered unto you those things, and I'm paraphrasing this, that, that you needed. And he told him, said, now, you're not going to see my face anymore. Paul knew that his life was about uh, to come to an end. He knew that the ministry was about to come to an end that, that he had been doing in all the missionary uh, journeys. And the Bible said that he prayed with them there and they fell on his neck and, and, and they wept as, as Paul departed from them and he left them. 
And so this is, this is the way, this is what Paul thought about Ephesus. He loved those people. He had compassion uh, for those people. He had a concern uh, for those people. He even warned them. He warned the elders. He said, after my departing, he said, there's go, those that are going to come in, that they're not going to spare the flock. And so this is where he was. Now I want you to notice. Notice in, in verse number 3. Notice, notice this verse. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Ephesians, if you turn over maybe one page, and you'll see chapter 2. And I want you to think about this. Salvation is the greatest blessing that's ever known to man. You think about this. Salvation is the greatest blessing that's ever known to man. It's the best thing that an individual will ever experience in this life. In Ephesians chapter 2, Listen to what it says here. <clears throat> in, the first, in the first part of verse number 1, and also in verse number 2, listen to what, it, what he says here. It says, And you hath he quickened, and then listen to this, who were dead in trespasses and sins. It says, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And he says, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, and the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now Paul in his writing here says in chapter number 2, he said, without Christ we were dead in trespasses and in sin. He says, without Christ we walked according to the course of this world. We walked according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. He said, without Christ, we had our conversation in the lust of our flesh. We were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Without Christ, we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. He said, that's what we were. That's how we are without Christ. I think about the Apostle Paul, and if you'll study out the book of Acts, you'll look in Acts chapter number 9. You'll find that, that Paul was, or Saul at that time, he was a persecutor of Christians. Even on that day in Acts 9, he had papers in his hands, and he was going to Damascus. And he was going to have those that professed Christ or those that were followers of Christ. He could have them bound. He could have them put in prison. He could have them even put to death. 
because of their faith in Christ. But as he neared Damascus, he met the Lord. The Bible said there's a great light shone round about him. And there was a voice that came and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Told him, said, It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And then he asked, then Paul asked this question, or Saul said, Lord, what would you have me to do? And he said, I want you to go. Told him where to go, told him where to lodge. He was given blindness. And there was a man named Ananias that would go, that God would send down there. And Saul or Paul's life was forever changed. Several times in the book of Acts after this, now if you, t- you talk about somebody whose life was changed, his was changed. He went from a persecutor of Christians to preaching the gospel. His life was an about face. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. He was changed. And another thing about this, he was not ashamed of it. You'll find on several occasions that before kings, before rulers, before individuals, that he would share his testimony. And he said, I was a persecutor of the church. He said, I was a persecutor of those that followed Christ. He said, I did all of these things, these terrible things. But he talked about God's grace, God's mercy, and how that, that now God had turned him around, God had changed, him, changed his life, and he was no longer the same. You and I, if we're saved by God's grace, we were, just like the description in Ephesians 2, that's what we were. That's what we were. But notice something else about this. In verse number 1 of chapter 2, it says, And you hath he quickened. That word means, that word quickened means made alive. Made alive. We were dead in trespasses and sin, but he has quickened us. He has made us alive. Look at verse number 4. It, it talked about in verses 2 and 3 what we were. But in verse number 4, it says, But God, notice this, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherein He loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, even when we were unfit, even when we were unworthy, even when we were without Christ, even when we were dead in trespasses and sin. The Bible says, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. He says, by grace ye are saved. Grace, God's unmerited, God's undeserved favor. If there's an individual in this building or an individual that's listening uh, this morning uh, that can stand up and say, I'm worthy of what He did for me. I deserved what He did for me. Uh, why don't you stand up? Because I'm going to tell you this this morning. None of us are worthy 
of God's grace. None of us are fit. None of us are worthy of what He did on the cross of Calvary. None of us. Not a one. But boy, I tell you what, we've got something to rejoice over though, don't we? Because even though we were not worthy, God in His love, God in His mercy, reached down to where we are just like we were. And He saved our never-dying soul. I mean, what a place. What a spot uh, to be in as a child of God. And notice, notice, Paul, what he said here. He said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation and all of its blessings comes from God. Think about John 3.16. It says, For God so loved. Salvation was not an afterthought with our God. God so loved. He so loved. All of the blessings, all of the benefits come from God. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God spoke, everything was. God spoke, everything was. God spoke, everything was. Then, the Bible tells us that God formed a man from the dust of the ground. Tells us that you and I are made in the likeness an image of Almighty God. And the Bible tells us that God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Hallelujah. You're marvelously and wonderfully made. You're made in the image of God. And God loves you. If you're saved by God's grace, I'm going to tell you what, God's love, God's salvation, all the blessings and all the benefits come from Him. And from Him alone. Because of this, God is worthy of all praise and all honor and all glory. Because of who He is. We come this morning and we praise Him. We worship Him because of who He is and because of what He's done and what He continues to do. It's not us. It's not about us. Ephesians 2 tells us this. It says in verse 8 and 9, it says, For by grace... Are you saved through faith? That not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. If I could do enough. If I could work enough. It'd still come short. Huh? If I could do enough. If I could work enough. 
I could boast in my own self. But I can't. The only one that I can boast in is Him. It's the only one that I can boast in because it's not of works. It's not of my accomplishments. It's because of Him and what He's already done. The last thing I want you to think about is this. Notice the last part of verse number 3. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Notice what it says there. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Now think about this. All spiritual blessings. Salvation's blessings are spiritual. Huh? Salvation's blessings are spiritual. Not physical, not material. Now every one of us could stand up this morning and we could talk about the blessings of God. You know, we have a home, and I thank God for him. And I, I believe that God gave us that home. He's, he's allowed us to use it while we're here. And it's a blessing. I think about our automobile. You can get in it, turn the key, and it cranks, and you go. You know, that, that is a blessing. We think about when we have food on the table. What a blessing that that is. But the material things and the physical things are not what it's all about. He said we've been blessed with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. If salvation's blessings... We're all material and all physical. I'm going to tell you what, every church across this land would be filled up. I know these guys that get on the radio and TV and they, they say, well, God wants you to have a Cadillac to drive. God wants you to have a million dollars in the bank. And if you'll just send me a little bit of money, We'll see what we can do about that. You got those people that say, well, you know, God's Word says that we have not because we ask not. And it does say that. But that same Word of God says, sometimes we have not because we ask not. Why? Because we ask amiss. Ask amiss. That we may consume it in our own lust. If the blessings of God, the blessings of salvation, were material, our churches would be full, our altars would be full, but we forget what the Word of God says. Listen, in Matthew chapter number 6, it says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth 
and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In verse 24 of Matthew chapter 6, it says, No man can serve two masters. For either you'll hate the one and love the other, or else you'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, this is what Jesus says. He says, Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? He said, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon, all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall I not much more clothe you, O you little faith? Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. He says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Put God first above anything else. Put God first. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When we talk about heavenly places, we're talking about eternal. We're talking about eternal things. So think about this. Every once in a while, God will give us a glimpse God will give us a taste every once in a while when we get to a place that there's no restraints, there's no holding back. God will give us a little taste of heaven. A couple of weeks ago, right here in this place on a Sunday morning, I believe God just drew back the curtain and gave us a little glimpse and a little taste of what heaven's going to be like. It's when we get to heaven, there's not going to be anybody sitting around saying, well, I'm afraid of what somebody's going to think. Man, if I, if I lift my hands up and begin to praise God, what's somebody going to say? You know, if I feel like saying amen, 
What's somebody going to think? If God moves on you to raise those hands up high in the air and begin to thank God and praise God, rear back and do it. If God calls on you and you, and you feel like saying amen, rear back and say amen. In heaven, there'll be no restraints. There'll be no pride. There'll be none of those things. You want to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? You can do it at home, yes. There's times that you can just be there around God's Word right there in your home. And boy, you're just sitting in heavenly places. It's just You can just feel His presence. You can feel His goodness. You can feel His mercy. You can feel His grace. And it's just like God is all around. You just feel like that you can almost just sense His arms as He takes and, and wraps them around you and begins to draw you close to Him. All the restraints are gone. There's nobody looking on. It's just you and God. I wonder how many times that we've done what God told us to do when we pray. And He says, when you pray, He said, you get in your closet and you shut the door. And God, God that heareth in secret, said He'll reward you in, not only in secret, but He'll reward you openly. Think about the blessings and how good it is just to get alone with God and feel Him. And feel His presence. And feel His goodness. Hey, sometimes we're just by ourselves. It's just us and God. Sometimes it may be a family gathered together. And they just feel the goodness and the presence of God uh, as they gather together. Sometimes it might be in a Sunday school class as you're sitting there and you're listening as the Word of God is taught and you can just feel the goodness and the presence of God around that place. Sometimes it might be back there in that choir room uh, as we're going over a song and singing a song and you just feel God's presence and God's mo- uh, um, uh, mercy and God's grace as it moves in uh, among you and you just feel the goodness of God. Sometimes we'll walk out here and we'll sit down in a pew and it just feels like that the Lord is sitting right there with us. All the blessings. The blessings. The benefits of salvation. The benefits. No restraints. No restraints. It's just all praise and all honor and all glory. To him that sits on the throne. 103rd Psalm, listen to this. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. 
He made known His ways to Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will He keep His anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. That's mercy. And it says, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. What a mighty, loving God we serve. Last thing, we miss out because we hold back. We miss out because we hold back. Now, I'm not going to preach on tithing, but I want you to look at the principle in this. I've been here 32 years. And I think in 32 years that I've preached one time on tithing. And I'm not preaching on it this morning, but there's a principle that's here, and I want you to get this. In the book of Malachi, the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, the Bible begins in verse number 7. Listen to this. Even from the days of your fathers, you're gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I'll return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, Wherein shall we will we return? Then the questions ask, Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? He says, In tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And notice what he says, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I'll not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. He says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. He says, you just proved me. He told Israel here, he said, you robbed God. They said, how we robbed you? He said, in tithes and offerings. He said, there's a problem. He said, but you prove me. Put me to the test. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And he said, and you see, if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that you won't be able to contain it. The principle is this. Take off the restraints. Let go, let God. Amen? Let go and let God. 
He has blessed us with all spirit. I mean, because of our salvation, we have blessings, we have benefits. And we ought not to worry about what somebody's going to think or somebody's going to say. What we ought to worry about is our relationship with Him. Our worship of Him. Our praise of Him. Our salvation is a great salvation. You know why? Look at the cost. You'll see how great our salvation is. And you and I, we've been blessed with spiritual blessings. And God just says, prove me and see. In Revelation 5, it says this. It says, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. So a strong angel proclaimed with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? The Bible says, No man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And John, inspired of the Holy Spirit, says, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. He came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. When he had taken the book, the four beasts, the four twenty elders, fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne. And the beast and the elders and a number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And the Bible said, In every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I say, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto Him that sitteth upon the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the Bible said, And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped Him that liveth forever and ever. He's worthy. He is worthy of all praise and all glory and all honor. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's blessed us with spiritual blessings, heavenly blessings, not the material things. That's fine and good. 
But boy, He's blessed us in so many ways, eternally. What a, what a Savior. What a Savior. Let's stand to our feet. Jacob, if y'all will come. Let's stand to our feet <clears throat> this morning. Now we can go through life and hold on till he comes. I had a lady tell me that one time not, not too long ago. She said, I'm just holding on till he comes. I'll tell you what, I'm enjoying life. I want to live as long as I can. But I'm enjoying the blessings of God. It's not because of anything that I've done, it's because of what he's done. I enjoy the blessings of God because of my salvation. If I wasn't saved this morning, I'd get saved. Huh? But I'm thankful for His blessings. He blesses me in spite of myself. Still blesses me. And I don't know your heart this morning. This altar is open. Invitation's open. Be obedient to the Lord this morning. It's, don't, I mean, do not. Just throw the restraints off. And worship Him because He's worthy of worship. Praise Him because He's worthy of all praise and honor and glory. He alone, He alone.